Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Troy Dooley here, the host of Real Mentors Radio. I'm sitting here drinking, sipping, whatever you call it, uh, life shots. I'm drinking the, I mean, this is phenomenal. I don't know why more people haven't done this, but 2110 really did kick this off. Just updated their their formula to this. Now, it, th- this one that I'm tasting actually has a little sugar in it. It's not uh, something I'd probably recommend uh, for diabetics unless they've they've actually talked to their doctor, but it tastes great. And I love it because Richard had been talking the other day about, hey, we're trying to get rid of that vitamin-y aftertaste. And they did it. They did a phenomenal job. It's got a little bit more powder to it, so it's just a matter of rich, shake, and live. And I love that. I love the fact that Richard Brooke over at blissbusiness.com and 2110 are regular sponsors of Real Mentors Radio. It's something that that keeps us going without sponsors these days anyway. I don't uh, I don't know how much we'd be able to get the radio show out. That's the great thing about this and you can learn more over on our website if you're interested, but let's get into today's show. Re- resolved chapter 2. Now we're in the book Resolved 13 Resolutions for Life. This is a brand-new book by Orrin Woodward. Orrin's books have been on the New York Times bestseller, Wall Street, USA Today. But I love this one because when he sent it over to me, he said, Troy, this is how I try to live my life on a daily basis. This is my 13 resolutions. Four of them are private. The others, nine, are public. And we're in the, we're in the second today. Yesterday was purpose, knowing your purpose. Today, character. I resolve to choose character over reputation anytime they conflict. Now, the, the dilemma with leadership is when you're, when you're focused on striving to be a credible leader, you're going to make mistakes. You're not Jesus Christ. So there's going to be times when you just flat screw it up. And I find it interesting because when you write or when you, you're on the radio as much as I am and you say things, you know, your critics always love to push it back in your face, always love to smack you with it. And it's humorous to me because, doggone it, that's just part of life. But I've I've learned to learn from it. And this one here, this is what Orrin writes. He says, I know that my character is who I am, and my reputation is only what others say I am. Now, my dad, my I tell you what, I wish some of you could have met my pappy. I wish I could get him on the radio show sometime. And, and and just let you hear him, because he taught me something a long, long time ago. And he said, it isn't about what other people think. It's only between you and God. And, it, it, you know, when you're a teenager and he's saying that, you're thinking, yeah, right. I've got these people making fun of me or picking on me or bullying me because we all grow up in fear. But as I grew into an adult, I realized that he was right, and Orrin just phrased it a little different. I know that my character is who I am, and my reputation is what others say I am. Listen to this paragraph right here. I thought this was profound. It said, in a person's life, he will have many opportunities to choose between character and reputation. Consequently, in order to make the right choice, one must understand the separate virtues that when combined, create an immovable character. 
Now, I love that because we just finished up credibility and studying what creates a credible leader. And one of the number one ingredients is integrity. And see, to be a leader of integrity, it's got to be a non-negotiable. You have to know what your values and your principles are. You have to realize, I'm going to walk on this side of the line no matter what. And folks, I'm unorthodox because I've walked on both sides of the line. And I've shared with you guys in the past, my reputation is not the average person's reputation. My my ego was not the average person's ego. And I've learned from my mistakes. When it came to character, when I was young, that was irrelevant to me. I figured, hey, I'm not, you know, I'm not getting busted and and going to jail. And I didn't. Not saying I haven't been in jail, but I've never been convicted of a crime. And I prided myself in that for many, many years. I'd look at my 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 relatives, people that I knew, and I'd say, "Man, how in the world could you get busted? Just pay an attorney." And sadly, I I walked that walk for a long time before I really focused in on what a leadership, what a credible leader is about. And as some of you know, and you can look at the archives, I mean, I've been charged with all kinds of felonies. But through the grace of God, he gave me a second chance. And when I finally realized, marrying a beautiful wife that I married, her having a career raising my kids, I realized integrity is a non-negotiable. Integrity is ensuring that the person does not intentionally do wrong. I learned that I could not ride that gray area any longer. There's an old southern saying, you can't ride two horses with one ass. You've got to make a decision. You've got to decide, where am I going? I am going to draw the line in the sand. Mark Sanborn says it like this, When integrity ceases to be a leader's top priority, when a compromise of ethics is rationalized away as necessary for the greater good, when achieving results become more important than the means to their achievement, that is the moment when the leader steps on a slippery slope of failure. And see, that's, that truly is part of the deal. John Wooten had three principles, never lie, never cheat, never steal. Man, that sounds like the hardest thing under the sun. Never lie, never cheat, never steal. But that that was what one of the greatest coaches in American basketball at all levels lived by. See, if you never lie, that means your word becomes your bond. I had a situation arise. I'll tell you about it. I had one of my clients decide not to pay in January. Now, I don't. I only have a handful of clients. I don't have a lot of clients. I don't believe that I can spread myself thin and, and still become an ambassador and an advocate for our profession. So my consulting clients and, and, and public relations clients, my marketing clients, whatever you want to call them, they're, they're small. It's to the point. But when I sent over their invoice, I sent them an invoice of a different potential client for the month of January. When the CFO saw that, it concerned her that maybe they were paying too much for less services than what they were really getting. So yesterday I had the opportunity to talk to the CEO of this company. 
And he said, Troy, the reason you haven't been paid is because I don't like being double charged. I said, okay, but what are you basing that off of? He said, the invoice. I said, no, what you don't understand is your invoice is for a year. Theirs was for a quarter. You're not paying twice as much. You're paying half as much. Miscommunication. He thought I was cheating him. Thought I'd lied about the services that I was going to give him. Thought like I was stealing money from his pocket. See how lie, cheat, and steal is so important? But because of my word, and many, many times he's trusted me just with a handshake. His words to me were, Troy, I should have called you sooner. I said, that's all right. You got a lot on your plate, man. It's, it's no big deal. See, the first principle of integrity is to never lie so that when you say something, people know where you're coming from. And whether you're a critic or a fan, people know where I stand. I don't try to hide that. And credible leaders never do. Jack Canfield said this, In reality, lying is the product of a low self-esteem. The belief that you and your abilities are not good enough to what you want. The false belief that you cannot handle the consequences of people knowing the truth about you, which is just another way of saying, I'm just not good enough. See, the lie warps the person's character. Oren wrote this, People of integrity protect others' reputations while examining their own heart for any hypocrisy. I'm doing a a very deep, research project on the on the rise of Oren's organization called Team. Going back to its roots, going through its transformation into what is now known as Life, their new company. I'm doing this because so many people out there have have really seen Oren jump onto the scene and yet there's some people around that are critics. All leaders have critics. When you're out front it's easy to take pot shots. And I decided I just want to get behind the organization. Not so much the man or in Woodward, but I want to I want to meet some of the other people. Orrin felt like that might be a good idea, so I'm going to get to go spend some time this week with them at the the majors in Ohio. See, one of the things that leaders of integrity that have character are willing to do is open themselves up and say, "Come see what's here." Sometimes it's ugly. It's just dirty. But I appreciate that in Orrin Woodward. And I'm going in with my eyes wide open, not knowing what to expect. And and I'm going to write, and and hopefully that I can write as good as some of my mentors that are out there in the journalistic world. But the second second principle of a good character, the second trait, I guess I, I would say, of character is never cheat. Orrin writes, the second principle, never cheats, helps a person maintain integrity by building trust with others. See, I believe respect is given. Nowhere do I find in any of the books that I've read or my biblical principles where respect is something that is earned. I'm not saying that you can't lose respect. Don't get me wrong here. And you may have to earn it back. But as individuals, I am told to respect others. I disagree with this administration that runs the United States on about 99.9% of everything they do. 
but I 100% fully respect the office of the presidency and the office in which other members of the cabinet set. I may not trust them totally to do what's in the best interest of the country. And it would be that way if it was a Republican. doesn't matter if it's Democrat or Republican. There's times I've disagreed with even Reagan, and I loved him. So it's just going to happen. But when those leaders don't cheat, they gain your trust. Warren wrote this, Cheating may seem to be a shortcut to success, but in reality it's a dead end. Don't be fooled because dishonest leaders cannot build or maintain trust for long, forcing the unscrupulous person to do much more work for much less results compared to a person with old-fashioned integrity. Great businesses are built by men and women of principle who follow through on their word, fulfilling their commitments without the need for multiple contracts or threatening lawyers or to coerce others. You know, in most cases, when I enter into an agreement with a client, it's after I've given them massive amounts of value first. Building trust with them. Providing them with my my heart, because I know what my purpose is in life. It's interesting. Orrin uses a story in here that I thought was very profound. He says, tennis professional... Andy Roderick understood these principles, displaying integrity of honor in 2005. He was at the Italian Masters Tournament in Rome. It was a match point for for Roderick, meaning one more point he would win. Fernando Verdasio hit the second serve, and it was called out by the line judge. In a move as rare as its nobility, Roderick refused to accept the point. Instead, he explained to the line judge that the serve was actually in, pointing to a faint indentation in the clay court directly on the white line. Vidasio, having conceded defeat, had already moved to the net, believing the match was over, but Roderick didn't cheat his way to victory. He believed his integrity was worth more than the win if he hadn't have earned, that he hadn't earned. The line judge, impressed by Roddick's honesty, overruled his own call and play resumed. Verdasco came from behind and eventually won the tennis match, but Roddick won an even bigger victory, a victory of personal integrity. His legendary integrity is now part of the ethics history used in Stephen Covey's book that he, well, he actually calls it Roddick's Choice, and it's in one of his new books. Now, this is interesting to me because I sat back and I thought about it and I said, how many people would do that? Would I do that? When the game's on the line, will you cut corners? When your reputation is at risk, do you take shortcuts? See, that's interesting. Roddick could have stolen the victory, but yet he graciously accepted the defeat of the game but he literally won the historic ethics vote because of that move. The third character trait that a leader of integrity, a leader of character must have, is never steal. The third principle, Warren writes, is never steal 
Because never steal is essential for building leadership. If a person steals, he forfeits any trust built within the team, leaving his leadership influence partially void. Now, there may be people out there that know Orrin Woodward far better than I do. And maybe they're looking at this and they're just taking notes and they're saying, well, I'm going to go do my own radio show and I'm going to prove that Troy, that, that Orrin Woodward is a scoundrel. Maybe. I've been a scoundrel. See, I think that's what separates me from some people is because I know what it's like to be a really bad person. I know what it's like to to not trust other people because of your own actions. I know what it's like to cut the corners, to lie, to cheat, to steal. I grew up in an influence not not with my mom and my daddy, because they, they, they pretty much lived a life like they taught us. But I grew up in an in a environment of criminals. We'd bond them out of jail. Even some of the some of the good guys were bad guys. So you learn to work within that environment and you justify everything that you're doing. And I realized a long time ago that was wrong. See, you can't do that. You can't make justifications for your move. Instead, you need to commit now to never lie, cheat, or steal, no matter what the outcome. Orrin writes this. I thought this was good. A person who steals may gain in the short term materially, but he robs from his own character, ultimately leading to bad consequences in the short term, long term, and most importantly, the eternal term. I have a breaking news story that I'm working on right now. And if it turns out to be true, then this will be a a man that for many years people respected. But over the last 36 months has made moves only to benefit himself. Using the the scepterfuge that I'm doing it for my team, but yet each time his team gets smaller. It's sad. I believe sometimes our own egos, mine included, get in the way. So I believe when you're developing your character, and Orrin didn't put this in his book. I wear this on my arm. Eventually it'll become a tattoo, I'll tell you that. Right now it's just on some rubber bracelets. But it says, love mercy, act justly, and walk humbly. Mercy, justice, and humility is what makes a leader of character. And it's the hardest thing when you're developing your character to do. But see, I have to do that to keep myself in check. Not to be harsh at others and to judge myself more harshly than I would anybody else. Orrin writes this. He says, Integrity is a crucial attribute, but a person can have unimpeachable integrity and still not have character. See, character moves beyond integrity requiring courage to fulfill its higher calling. A person moves from integrity to character when he holds on to his principles even if conflict results with others who violate these principles. Sometimes we wonder why is it that relationships are severed? I had my men's accountability group today. I was talking to a young man that I've mentored off and on for the last couple of years. He's 
struggling right now in his new marriage. I referred to him, referred him a book, and then I shared some of my own personal struggles through the years. And at the end, I said, it's you that's got to make the decision. Are you going to fulfill your covenant or not? So I believe when you don't lie, cheat, or steal, just like Warren believes, that's the basis of your character. But the real part of the character is fulfilling what you say you're going to do in the middle of conflict, even when others violate that principle. When when the relationship is severed from one end, does that mean that you're free to move on? Powerful question. Bring it at home to my worldview. From the day I came out of my mama's tummy, until today, January 24th, 2012, I can guarantee you I've broken my covenant to my Lord more than once. My words were there, my actions were different. Would rather play than pray. Rather take the shortcuts than the high road. But not one time did he stop fulfilling his side of the covenant. And when I when I when I started really digging deep into my worldview, when I decided I wanted to go into business for myself, I realized I had to make the hard line of saying I'm gonna live by the golden rule. Period. I'm gonna treat others the way I would want to be treated. And even if somebody breaks their covenant with me, I will I will fulfill my end. Now that's tough because we don't even like to use the word covenant because it it brings such pictures. There's no way out. It's a demand, and I believe that. That's probably why hell or high water, my marriage, I just keep cranking. I'm not looking at other hotties that are out there, don't want to trade in the old model for a new model, good Lord, that'd give me a bigger headache yet. I'm willing to fulfill my covenant of unconditional love. See, I believe in every aspect of our life, what Orrin's writing about is important. If you don't have developed your character on a private, personal level, then you're not going to have character in a public level. See, it takes courage Orrin writes this. I thought this was good. He said, Courage is a person's choice to get involved in defending his highest principles, even when his personal interest isn't at stake. One of my heroes, the writer, the author of the book volume, History of the English-Speaking People, or the English Language, excuse me, Winston Churchill wrote this, Courage is principle-based driving leaders with courage to sacrifice personal benefits in order to uphold the greater principle at stake. Courage is rightfully esteemed the first is rightfully esteemed the first of human qualities because it is the quality which guarantees all others. I thought, man, that's pretty powerful. See, we have to have the courage to stand for what we know is right even when it may go against the status quo. One of the great country music legends said, you've got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. 
We kind of saw the the apostles do that when they arrested Jesus. They're all scattered and torn out of fear. And I understand that we all do things out of fear. One of my mentors, somebody that I've read almost everything they've written, Orrin uses in this book, Professor Howie Hendricks. And he says, The greatest crisis in America is the crisis of leadership, and the greatest crisis of leadership is the crisis of character. Professor Hendricks has mentored some of the greatest in leaders today. The question I think you got to ask yourself is, forget about whether you like me or Orrin Woodward or anybody else, and decide, do you want to become a person? Maybe you don't even see yourself as a leader, but do you want to be a person of character? My my dad, I mean, you know, I, I don't even know how to, I don't know how to be politically correct and, and explain my dad. Okay, my, my daddy, uh, most of the time call him my pappy, he is a, a real hard-nosed, there were times, I, he's just an ass when I was growing up. That, that, that was my opinion. Now listen, bear with me here. My, my, matter of fact, my daddy's listening right now. But that's how I saw it, because he would draw lines in the sand in, in character. He'd say, this is what you're going to do. And the one that stuck the most with me is how he treated my mom. I mean, I watched the way he would treat other people. I mean, if you wronged my dad or you wronged his family, well, both his professional family and his personal family, he'd come after you with a ton of bricks. And we're talking about a man that had a pain tolerance and went through the freaking roof. Not only was he tough, he was mean. And his family roots, his genes ran deep in American history when it came to just being mean and tough. But as I've studied my family tree, I found out that these mean, tough, old, redneck country boys that grew up running ranches and farms, they all had one thing in common. When they took that covenant at the altar... They took it to heart, and they treated their wives with the utmost respect and love. And I took that away from my dad, and I I realized as I became my own man and a husband and a father, just how many things that, that I didn't like that my dad said to me when I was growing up that I now have instilled in me, and they became part of my principles. Not everything. And that's why I say you don't have to like me and you don't have to like Orrin, but what you've got to do is you've got to look deep in your heart and you've got to decide, do I want to be a person of character, somebody who doesn't lie, cheat, or steal, somebody that's willing to constantly rise up and build on my character and not worry about my reputation. See, if you're a person of character, if you become a leader of character, your reputation will take care of itself. When other people are out there saying things about you, because you're a person of character, people will know the truth and be able to see the truth. 
When you make a mistake, when you sin, there's that three-letter word again. If you were very quick to say, I was wrong, I made a mistake, please forgive me. You strengthen your armor. But if you're trying to be a person of character and you never admit a mistake, you try to cover up your sins, you will very surely become a part of history that most people will never remember. You'll have the 15 minutes of fame, but then it will be gone. I want to be like erotic. I want people to say, you know what? He lived what he spoke. It wasn't just fluff. Hell or high water, he did his best to be a man of character both in his private and his public life. I love this book. It's thought-provoking. Tomorrow, Chapter 3, Resolved. I resolved to have a positive attitude in all situations. That's a tough one right there, but it's good. Folks, live life like it's an epic adventure. I'll see you at the top. Be back here tomorrow morning on realmentorsradio.com. Bye now.